Hello and welcome everybody to the first ever episode of From Broadway to Belmont. My name is Chris DeSellums, as you probably already know, because that's the only reason why you're listening to this podcast. And with me is my wonderful co-host, the insightful, the extremely handsome Kevin Koff. Kevin, why don't you hop in, say hello to the people. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Happy to finally get it going. Uh, big, long quarantine project here in the making that we're finally finally getting the episode off the ground. So uh, super excited to be here, bring some Islanders Rangers analysis, but uh, yeah, you excited as me, Chris? Yeah, man. I mean, like this has been something we've been kind of working on and talking about, and you know, putting together for the longest time. I think we started working on this in like August. As just like a, you texted me at like one in the morning. It was like one of those "Hey, you up?" texts, and I was like, <laughs> I remember just looking at my phone, and you're like, "Hey, man, just thinking." podcast would you be down and you know at that time i'm like yeah um absolutely because especially i was like you know what are we talking about and you're like rangers islanders two things that we're both extremely passionate about and you're way more knowledgeable than i am i'm more of like the um like hopelessly optimistic fan where i'm just like you know i just i root for this team every year i get my hopes up every year I kind of pay attention to the analytics. I kind of just watch the games. I do a little bit of everything, but it's like, you know, we had this idea to start it and then we just were working, working, working. And, you know, within the last like two weeks is when I think things got real between the both of us. You know, we got the logo done. We got the socials up. We started firing tweets off. People were liking and sharing, which was crazy. Um, I understand why people do, uh, do this for a living now because, it's absolute insanity the high you get from seeing all these likes and retweets it's incredible but yeah so many people i feel like we should even acknowledge before we go uh stb visuals made a absolutely fire logo and header for us on twitter as you'll see on socials beautiful absolutely so clean um chris's girlfriend who came up with the logo design actually great idea of the two intersecting um, signs, the two street signs, and yeah, I mean, uh, our- that was just like a, a like I don't even know how she thought of it and how we didn't think of it, but shout out to her um, because it's it's one of those like ingenious things where it's like it was so, so simple, genius. so simple that we didn't think of it, and then I was literally like out, I was going somewhere, and she texts me, she's going back to Brooklyn because that's where she lives now, and she goes, hey, uh, I have an idea for your logo, and I'm like, oh cool, like let me let me hear, it. and she goes, two intersecting signs, and it says Broadway to Belmont or from Broadway to Belmont, and I was like holy shit dude <laughs> get out of here absolutely incredible but yeah just for a uh, just for a quick recap for the people who don't know um chris is a big lifelong rangers fan uh grew up in new jersey so been close worked in the city went to a bunch of games uh big diehard fan uh myself i'm from long island grew up 15 minutes from nassau coliseum uh had some season tickets as a as a young kid and through my teenage years so kind of bleed orange and blue but uh, we've been two buddies for a couple of years now and figured that now with this state of New York hockey, it's a uh, good of a time as ever to start a podcast. Uh, so many storylines, both franchises lined up to be big contenders for the next couple of years. Honestly, even if the Rangers are maybe a step behind right now, it should be just exciting hockey and we're just excited to jump into it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 um, it's awesome to just be able to sit down and, talk you know rangers talk islanders with someone who i know knows their shit at the end of the day and can have a conversation with me because it's like it, it it isn't like an issue to like meet people that don't watch and then like you explain your fandom you're like they're like oh that that's cool like do you watch any other sports or it's like i was talking to literally someone today and they're like yeah i don't watch hockey because it's like it's it's so hard to like follow it and everything like the puck and i'm like dude trust me you just have to like um you just have to watch it for more than like five minutes or more than like just like a couple of games because it's like once you start watching it and you you know you just kind of like pick up like on the puck where it is it becomes 
much more enjoyable to watch. Um, so, you know, Troy, if you're listening, dude, hope you are. Hope you're a Rangers fan after this. Hope I've convinced you in the 30 seconds I've been rambling. But, yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a ton to talk about. There's, like you said, a ton of storylines between both franchises. I mean, like, the amount of, of, of shit that happened yesterday into today, a um, couple, of, like, you know, prior to the draft – What's going to happen on Friday with free agency and everything? There's just so much that's going to happen, you know. And at least now, and I think one of the things that I wanted to start this podcast off with, but like we kind of got an answer yesterday. Um, and I think it's something a lot of people were alluding to and, and thinking about was when is the next season going to start, you know. Mm-hmm. When is, you know, what is the protocol, which is like we're not there yet. Um, and I don't know if they're – if they have an idea, I, I doubt they do because, you know, I think they're thinking, hey, we just finished the draft today. Let's get through free agency and we will shoot for January, um, you know, New Year's Day. Um, it would be sick if they I mean, like I've been saying this for a while and I think I've read it on Twitter, like um, kind of like how the NFL has Thanksgiving um, and or. Yeah, the NFL has Thanksgiving, the NBA has Christmas. I'm like, what if the NHL, like New Year's Day, like that was their day? They played like yeah, all their so outdoor it's, games it's there. Coming. It's it's a great idea. They kind of cornerstone uh that day. I think it was just so smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like 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 instead of like saying, Okay, we're gonna play outdoor games, one here, one there, just do it all on New Year's Day. Like, you know. It's it's a crazy environment. You could you could play the games wherever you want to play them, whatever outdoor stadiums you want to play them. And I think someone was telling me they're like, oh, I think that's when a lot of like college bowl games are. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I I think the NHL could compete with with college football um, to a certain extent. To a certain extent, I'm like, you know, no one wants to watch like lower level schools, even though they're D1, play in these bowls because it's like the games suck at the end of the day. It's like the <laughs> NHL, if they marketed themselves right, could be like, hey, we're much better than than college kids playing football uh, when half of them aren't going to make it to the NFL. Uh, maybe like two players on each team might on a good team or not on like a, a decent team, but um, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so. Um, like what are I mean, your thoughts? You just, I mean, just to go off that, like imagine first puck drop of the 2021 season, Minnesota versus I think it's St. Louis, I believe, at the Winter Classic. Start off at like 1 p.m. That's incredible. Probably be snowing up there in Minnesota in January. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. Uh, I'm already excited for next season. I feel like the return to play went so well and it went by so fast, even though the Islanders were in for so long. Um, not so much as the Rangers, but hey, you got Lafreniere out of it, so not a big deal. But I mean. Just the itch for hockey is already there. Um, hopefully they can return with fans. Um, I'm sure that would honestly probably be poss- more possible outdoors and indoors. Who knows where we'll stand um, three, four months from now as compared to now. But um, it's definitely exciting. I love the the January 1st idea. I mean, throw Islanders, Rangers out there, the Bruins, the Flyers, whoever it may be. I mean, the outdoor games have just been a great move by the NHL, I think. And starting next season with them, even if it's just one or two, would just be so smart and something to really look forward to as compared to a December start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if they started in December, it's, it would feel way more rushed. And I think, um, 100%. and I think like I was reading last night, like, like the, the, the PA for the NHL was like, yeah, we're okay with a January start. Uh, Cause it gives the, it gives the lightning a little bit of time to celebrate, um, you know, their Stanley cup win, uh, everyone gets time to just kind of like relax and and you and 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 going into next season, you already know it's going to be a shortened season. And you know, I you know, um, it, it's I don't know if it is. Sh- it might be the full eighty two. I think I they might. Ex- I think they're going to extend it to like May. That's what they've been saying. I don't know if it's possible. I don't think it's I a good idea. I wouldn't want it to be honest. I I, I like to screw up. Is this screw up more than one season? You're going to have yeah. that go till July. Then it's like, how many times can you push this back to keep it going? I mean, if they just went with a 50, 60 game season like 2012 with the lockout, obviously not ideal because you had teams like the New York Islanders actually who snuck in when they really shouldn't have and face the penguins in the first round but i mean you can't keep pushing things back and hoping that month by month you can get better um i don't think a full 82 game season is possible but it seems as the way they're trending right now yeah i'm i'm completely against that like you mentioned um and like they did um the year the 
Blackhawks one, I think their second cup, uh, do that yeah. shortened season, um, you know, play the 50, 60 games, however many games, don't play the full 82 because it's like, get it done and then finish the playoffs by July or whatever, June. And then, you know, hopefully there's a vaccine for COVID and everything. And, and, you know, once they do that, they'll have better protocols to get fans in the arenas. Cause I don't think they're going to have fans in the arenas when they return to play. I think they'll do yeah. what the MLB is doing where it's like, which is the, which, which, you know, it, the MLB has had issues with. And, and I think it's, it's different now. They're not seeing as many issues, or at least I'm not hearing about all the issues, but it's like, you know, you contain it. You, you, you just have guys flying on on team planes and everything playing in empty arenas making sure everything is disinfected cleaned um and you just do it that way get a shortened season in uh name another stanley cup uh winner that and 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 that winner i would say is more like has more of an asterisk than the lightning do this year because everyone was like you know before the whole stanley cup COVID thing they're like oh this is the COVID cup this is bullshit and everything and i'm like dude <laughs> they played 70 games so like what were they short 12 games yeah, you know they played almost either. they played almost you know 90 percent of the season i'm like the play they had the playing series so it wasn't like you know like a team like the rangers shouldn't have made the playoffs and technically they didn't make the playoffs they only got they were invited to the play-in round and got, i mean got shit pumped don't get me wrong. Yeah, they looked, the they playoffs, looked awful. It's not it's yeah. technically not the playoffs. It, they, no, they didn't make the playoffs this year. I'm okay with saying that because it was like I and I don't think I would have wanted them to make the playoffs because it was like they they showed that they couldn't compete. So you know, and, and and I think just with circumstances and everything, it's like two months away from your family, two months of 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 just grueling games, no fans there. Um, you know. They, you know, the Lightning, I give them a lot of credit for, for winning. I give um, the NHL a lot of credit for, for getting it done. I think that was something that a lot of people were a little worried about, a little nervous about leading into it. Um, 100%. So, so I think, you know, going into next season, I feel like the NHL could get a season done. They could do it safely. I, I think the players are opposed to just doing like two hub cities again. I've seen and heard yes, that's that people not are like, happen again. Yeah, I've definitely seen that not. like maybe four four hub cities. Yeah. I'm like, it's it's the and it, but like that doesn't work for me. I just like I find it so hard to think that they would do that because it's like, what are you gonna have like five or six teams play each other like a handful of times and then just like jumble it up? And it's then, also and just then too it, much personally, like leaving your family to jump from bubble to bubble or whatever. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll go the MLB NFL route and just actually have a season, just no fans. I mean. I give the NHL full credit for doing this return to play. I mean, it was just a absolutely perfect performance, the perfect playoffs um, for all things considered. But I think either way they had to sacrifice the season or they should sacrifice the season in the sense that they chose not to do it this time and they did a return to play. But next season comes around, you have to just do January to April and get back on schedule because you could have probably skipped the return to play, um, which would have caused a bunch of issues like conditional draft picks and whatnot. But um, I started in October and had a full season, but they chose to do it, which is fine. So you just start in January and you go to April, even if maybe you want to extend the season to like May 1st, I think you can get away with that maybe mid May, but um, it comes to a point where you kind of have to realize that maybe this isn't possible for a full season, which would be unfortunate, but I mean, it's just kind of how it goes now, I think. Yeah. I mean, like the MLB did it where it's like, they, you know, they're going to travel. We'll do a shortened season and everything. And, you know, it, it's been working, um, you know, they're in their playoffs now. The NFL has had issues, but they really had zero plan going into it. So I feel like <laughs> with with the NHL, it's like they, um, you know, they had a plan for the return to play. And I think it was a money thing for them because that's where they generate a, a lot of their money is in the playoffs. So it was like, yeah. and I, and they still lost money. I think they were, I think they lost like $90 million. Yeah. I mean, you look at the owners now, they're all, every single one of them, all these billionaires, multi-millionaires are all cutting salary and they're cutting money. Imagine without that TV revenue and that extra, who knows, Jersey sales, whatever it may be. I mean, this league would have been in some serious, serious trouble. Um, It's already not in the best place and not the best place, but like, in terms of other leagues, the way the NBA operates with the salary cap and how much exposure they get on television and 
all the other uh, media platforms, the NHL certainly lags behind. But um, so without this return to play, it would have been a totally, totally different scenario, I think, in terms of money and people losing even more money, like you said, upwards to $100 million. So um, I think they did a good job, but maybe it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's sustainable for a long period of time. I think, you know, do the shortened season, get it done, and then hope you could do a full season with fans come October or next year. I mean, I don't think that's, that's completely, yeah, I, I don't think that's reasonable. completely out of the realm of possibility. I think that's the most reasonable thing to do. I think that's the most responsible thing to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to want to give up on a whole season. Yeah, I mean, either way, I think it's. I mean, it's gonna be a short season no matter what. But who knows if they want to go the full full length? I mean, I guess it's a discussion that they have with the NHLPA, and they kind of see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, like you mentioned before, uh, you know, we're both huge fans of hockey, huge fans of um the Islanders, the Rangers. Um, you know, I've met a Ranger before. I mean, I absolutely mushed his career. <laughs> brutal yeah, i you meet him i met, I met Lisa sanderson of, one yeah, time so much, so much outside my one. office <laughs> and i was like holy shit dude can i get a picture and i showed everyone and they were like oh it's sick like my whole family and everything but my dad's like oh like what position does he play and everything and then like he looked him up on his own and um <laughs> he's like He's like, I, I'm wearing dress shoes that have a little bit of lift in them, you know, because it's the it's my office. I'm not going to dress like a schlub, but he's in like civilian clothes and everything. My dad's like, he's listed as six foot online, and I'm like, yeah, I, I yeah, he probably is. He's like, no, there's no shot. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you were like five inches taller than him and i'm like yeah because i had like big shoes on he was on a slant my dad's like stop covering for him just admit he's not <laughs> six foot and i'm like i don't know maybe he was maybe it was his hair but yeah i met him one time mushed his career i mean i should have known uh that uh his rangers career was not going to be long or fruitful or anything was going to come of it as soon as he tripped over the wire oh I mean, the wire was the wire was of, the kiss of death that, it was yeah, over no, after that exactly that was like the one thing where it was like it happened. And as soon as it happened, I don't think I saw it live on TV. I saw pictures of it as soon as like it happened and everything. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, of course it happened to him, you know. And and I think with his situation, it's so, it's so weird because, you know, he was a very, very, very safe pick when he was picked. And, you know, He's with the, the seventh- most NHL ready out of the. Top 10 yeah, guys. and then the, the top top guys, but I mean, for the rest of the draft, after the top tier guys, he was considered the most NHL ready, totally ready to step in as a teenager. And I mean, we all know what happens after that. Yeah, and you know what? I think there's a couple of things to be completely honest that that you could blame that on. I mean, I think the expectations that everyone set for him were significantly higher than they should have been, um, especially when like everyone said at the time that was a super safe pick and his ceiling his 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 absolute highest ceiling was 2c so it was like you had to kind of figure if that's his highest ceiling you know we shouldn't expect a whole lot out of him like a dependable center but it's like if if he's only going to be like that second line guy and maybe be you know anywhere between a 50 and 60 point guy um you know, don't expect a ton out of him, but you know, and then I, and then I also think, you know, the coaching was, was definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's, that's one thing that as a fan, I have a big, you know, problem with, with David Quinn is that like, he gives some guys a super long leash and lets them make mistakes and continues to just throw them out there and they are drowning. You know, they are, you know, the water is well above their head and they are sinking to the bottom. And he's just like, you could do it. Come on, you could do it. And they're just like, no, I can't. Um, Brett Howden, I will call you out. Like he is the prime example of that. You know, Um, he just gets thrown out there in situations sometimes where it's like, he just gets fucking, you know, embarrassed and you know guys like Elias Anderson could have been put in that same situation where it was like even if he was embarrassed it's like it's a learning moment it's like Brett Howden has had a ton of learning moments and uh, he really hasn't improved at all so I mean you know I feel bad for Elias but it's like I am happy that he gets a second chance 
I'm happy that the Rangers got something out of him when there really was no more relationship. I don't think he was ever going to come back to yeah, New York. I think, I think it was um, done. You know, you know, he was gonna, you know, he was gonna be a victim to, I think, you know, possibly Seattle snagging him. I don't think they would have, um, but you know, I, I, I just, I just think that 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 situation, that story was kind of was done for the most part. I don't think there was any revitalizing his career with the Rangers. I don't think there was ever a chance he came back to New York. The way things ended here, I mean, New York media and and management was like the relationship is better, it's better, it's better, but um I just I just don't think anything was going to come of it. But, you know, they got a second they got a second round pick out of it, so that yeah. was kind of big. I'll take um, that. Yeah, I mean, he went to a, he went to a team that his dad is a scout for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna bring that up. I mean, it's kind of a perfect situation for him. They got obviously Los Angeles could use a lot of assets at this point, even though they have a great prospect system. Honestly, great draft for Los Angeles. Side note, but um, you look at you throw him behind maybe three C behind Kopitar, um, eventually Byfield. I think he'll do some good things. I mean, he was a seventh overall pick for a reason. Um, I don't think he's a scrub or anything. He just didn't. Sometimes you just don't work out with. A certain team, whether it be tripping over a wire or your play style or your coach, whatever it may be. I mean, you look at, I mean, this is a long time ago now, but like Nino Niederreiter, fifth overall pick for the Islanders. Uh, I mean, he got fourth line minutes with Jay Pandolfo and Marty Reisner, but sometimes he's got to cut your losses and trade them. Uh, like the Islanders got Cal Clarabuck out of that. I don't know who the Rangers took with that pick exactly. Um, I don't know if it was that that big power forward kid or if it was uh, somebody else, but I mean, just see what happens. Uh, it's definitely rough losing Derek Stepan and um, Auntie Ranta for Leah Sanderson, who then you flip for a second round pick. But I mean, that's just the NHL. That's how it goes sometimes. I mean, that I was actually going to try to like rebuttal that, but I also realized that the Rangers used their actual pick to draft Heedle. So yeah. that's why I was like, no, shut up. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I can't even say like that. So that draft wasn't a complete bust because it seems like Philip Heedle is going to be, I-, I want him to be a lifelong my, Ranger. My I twin. Am- I yes, your twin. I am absolutely in love with that kid. I don't know what it is. He could do no wrong in my eyes. I think he has so much skill. And I think I was reading something uh, like a year or two after he was drafted, because uh, he got drafted in twenty seventeen. So yeah, the next year I think was the Darlene draft. Um, yep. And I think someone said, you know, because Philip Hedel was only like a week or two, like ahead of the deadline like he was very close to like not being able to be draft eligible that year and um they said if he you know wasn't draft eligible and had to get drafted the next year they said he would have been like a top five top 10 pick which is like okay we got him at 21 yeah i mean the people around hito honestly like there's some good players but nobody really blows you away i mean hito's got 144 games played here i mean that's gotta be yeah, it's fourth out of everybody in that draft class. I mean, probably should be more like fifth if uh, Elias uh, Peterson, Peterson, however you want to pronounce it, uh, could stay healthy. But I mean, he's been a good player. I mean, can't complain about that. He's never going to be that top guy. Maybe he, maybe he would have been on a different story, different um, like trajectory if it was that year after. But I mean, you're not going to complain about a solid middle six center. He's only 21 years old. I mean. The ceiling's so much higher for him just to see what happens. So uh, I think if you even if you miss on Anderson, which you kind of did, you have Hedo to make up that, for. Yeah, so. no, it's not even like a, if we miss, it's like that was just that was a hundred percent like a bad. It wasn't a bad pick at the time. Hindsight no. is twenty twenty. Bad pick now. Um, I I but just and just because I'm saying that just because they could have you know I think because Cody Glass went literally right after him yep. and no, I'm right like, before he was one before I mean the, he was, the three the four after I was just gonna mention Casey Middlestadt who's really struggling right, that's that's, just, that's, that's, a, that's a whiff so I'm glad Michael, you know. <laughs> Michael Rasmussen who has played 62 games uh, 18 points um, big power forward I hated that pick at the time for Detroit. Owen Tippett, who's being shopped around, has played seven NHL games, and Gabe Velarde, who doesn't look too bad. But I mean, at this draft, it, it, it sounds bad. Now that I'm looking there's back some studs. on it, yeah, there's some studs like that was Eric the Nikohishan draft, but, right? Uh, yeah, uh, overrated. Miro Miro Heiskanen or Kale McCarr probably should have went first overall. Just Dude. like Quinn Hughes should have <laughs> went like probably 
little bit higher than he did the next year. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? It's just how it goes. Honestly, at least Pedersen probably should have went first overall in that draft if you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I think stunk. Nico Heischer is one of the most overrated players of really? all time. I think he's one of the most overrated number one picks of all time. Just uh, here, you know, look at who look at the couple of drafts that happened you know after that and then look at the drafts before that it was like what 2015 was uh Connor mcdavid right uh, 16 was matthews and then, and then him and then, then darlene and then hughes and now and then Lafreniere. All, all players that are every player we just named significantly better than him like like head and shoulders above him and darlene's not even a forward <laughs> He's still a good player. I mean, I mean he's he had a good that, player. He I had that amazing World Juniors. That was what really propelled yeah. him up. I mean, I think good thing I for also, New Jersey that Nolan Patrick didn't go first overall, like all the NHL 18 Sims, because, I mean, I feel bad for the kid. He's just got so many, so many migraine and headache, concussion problems that I don't know who knows if he'll ever play again. But, I mean, you look back at those top two and you see that maybe things could have been different. So, you know, it's always hindsight 2020 for the Rangers. I mean, everybody has swings and misses. I'm not saying that. He sure's a miss at all because he's. I don't think he is personally. He's not but. a miss. I just. I. I think it's one. New Jersey took him, and I'm just like fuck those guys. Um, <laughs> and and two, I'm just like, I like. I guess it's just me being cynical, and I'm like, I just think of everyone like the guys who went before him in the draft or two before that, the guys who went after him, and I'm just like, those guys are going to be much better players than you, and I'm like, and there were guys who went after you who are much better players than you. I'm just like, I just don't think if he didn't go number one overall, I'm probably sitting here saying, that's a great pick. If New Jersey picked him like where if if the Rangers picked him at where they picked Elias Anderson, I'm like, dude, that's a that's that's a that's yeah. a great great pick because he's a seventh overall pick. I just don't think he's a number one overall pick, and that's why I think I'm just like, ah, like, ugh, whatever. I mean, yeah, we're we're going off track here, but if you <laughs> if you go like number one in that draft with Haskinen, Makar, or Peterson, who do you take? Who's your who's your number one? I think those are the three best in the draft by far. No disrespect to Eric Branstrom or. Filipino or Cody Glass, but who who are you taking number one if you're New Jersey? If you could go back today, oh man, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I feel like for them, um, it, I knowing, think I go Peterson. I mean, man, there's I love a part of me that goes though. yeah, but I'm like, I I don't know. Their defense is 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 rough, and I'm like. You got Kale McCarr on your team, and that defense is significantly better. Like, like the Devils' defense is suspect. I don't, I can't tell you, you know, I, I really like more than one or two players on their defense. But like, I, I just think, you know, especially knowing that, like, I guess like going back now, making that pick, if um, I knew, if I know that in two years' time you're going to get the number one overall pick again, um. Yeah, I I go with a defender. I think I go Kale McCarr, uh, yeah, just because I, I I think he's just gonna like he he's proven that he's an unreal player so far. Um, I think he will only get better. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like Pedersen, Hiskin, and 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 um, McCarr are all players who I think you know could have went number one yeah. overall. Probably hindsight, they probably should have because McCarr went fourth, right? Uh, yeah, he was fourth. Yeah, crazy that, that he fell. Well, it's not the year Colorado, which is randomly just horrible at hockey. I think I think that was the year. Um, I'm pretty sure was that the year that they got the pick from. No, that was the Bowen Byram year. Yeah, this was the year that Colorado just sucked out of nowhere. But who knows? Speaking of number one overall picks, the New York Rangers starts yet last night. the news. Ugh. Uh, how, you, how how does that feel? Because I know that when I mean it's kind of sacrilegious at this point to talk about it, but I was at the Coliseum 2009. I was because it would have been June 2009, so I would have been 11 years old. I remember being there for the John Tavares draft. Um, obviously, a sore spot now, but it was just so incredible. Just all the fans going crazy. I mean, it feels like your franchise has new life. I mean, Islanders back then were in a very different position than the Rangers are now, but. It's like the most exciting thing that can happen to a franchise. So, uh, how's that feeling? <sighs> I thought you'd never ask. So, um, so here's <laughs> so, so 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 here's the thing. Um, 
I have been pumped about the number. So as soon as let's let's go back in time, let's go back to draft lottery part two. You know, we got the lottery ball yeah. machine with the, with the absolutely ball. The electric, ball? electric, electric TV. Best like ten minutes of my life, just like waiting for it. And then as soon as it happened, I I was running around my house. I was like, oh my god, it actually happened. Something that like a lot of Rangers fans were joking about, like it would be hilarious. But then you know, I over that weekend, I had seen a tweet saying that it was kind of like a common thing where teams that had the second yep. overall pick the year before were given the first overall pick the next year. Yeah. So I was thinking about it, and I'm like, huh, or like that would top be really... three, which Top three, whichever yeah. works. Like, Malkin, like, Crosby, Taves, Kane. There's a bunch more. I can't remember. Like, that's really funny, and it would be great if the Rangers did that. And then it happened. So the, I think I was more excited when that happened than I was last night, to be completely honest. Last night, I was extremely nervous because <laughs> I was like, the Rangers – knowing them and knowing how they operate are going to galaxy brain this pick byfield's going to go number one and i'm like and and they're gonna fuck this pick up and then you know they go with lafreniere you know stud yeah, it was also um, weird it was also weird last night just with the whole virtual yeah thing. the whole zoom thing i'm it's like definitely it kind of took away and especially for him because they mentioned he only lives like yeah. 20 miles outside of montreal and i'm like dude <laughs> imagine you're you're the you're a quebec kid you get drafted first overall in montreal dude he's getting buckled if if that's the case like and i don't even blame him if he went out like if 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 covid doesn't exist he gets blackout drunk yesterday he, he just throws thro- he throws the party of his life um but yeah no i'm super excited to have him on the rangers it sucks that you know the top two numbers he wants are both retired so uh everyone's kind of waiting on like uh, yeah. pins and needles to see what number he picks a lot of people are like it's going to be 22 most likely 22. I'm like, that's what msg tweeted out that little msg network graphic is sort of 22 but then some people are saying 81 i think that's another consideration someone 77. said 77 and i'm yeah. and, then, and then rangers fans were like tony d'angelo enters the chat because knowing because no because knowing him uh he would enter the chat <laughs> oh yeah he would definitely he would definitely quote that tweet and say something like <laughs> who knows uh, i mean yeah it's it's exciting. I mean, I hate to say it. I remember when the second lottery happened, I was home on Long Island having dinner with my parents who are both diehard Islander fans as well and my girlfriend. And I checked my phone because we were eating dinner and it just said, I saw an Elliot Freeman tweet. It was just like, like NYR. That's like all he said. It was something like ridiculous like that. And I was just like, it was just like your heart just drops. It's like, come on. Like it couldn't be anybody else. I mean, I'm not like heartbroken over it, but like, it's just like you hate to see it as an Islander fan, but it's good for the rivalry. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't Toronto. Their ball hit the post basically, so that would have been really something else for the next three years. And it, um, NHL would have went up in flames if Toronto. A hundred percent. Also, fixed- it's like, how is Toronto paying for him? I'm like, you know, because when that con, you know, when when he becomes available for you know an extension and wants to sign long term outside of his rookie deal, I'm like, they have so much money tied up in guys right now. It's like I do. I was doing the math today. I'm like, it's almost eleven and a half million tied up in Matthews, eleven million tied up in Tavares, ten million tied up in Marner. So I'm like, you're at what thirty two million at that point, almost, and then almost half. Yeah, and then, and then you got Nylander at almost seven million, so almost forty million dollars, almost half your cap is taken up by four guys. Um, so I'm so happy it wasn't Toronto. I'm happy it was the Rangers. Obviously, um, there was only <laughs> like a couple of teams um, that I was like, please God, no, don't let it happen. Don't let them be the be the uh, be the number one overall. Um, I think if you went to Montreal, it would have just been like some like apropos type. Thing. It would have been cool. I forget who was like. I mean, I think the other considerations were like Nashville. I'm not sure. I can't remember offhand who got bounced, but like there were teams like the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Toronto, oh. Edmonton, all these teams that I mean, I think the real a really good storyline that was passed up on. Not complaining as an Islander fan, nor do I think you're complaining as a Ranger fan, but the Ramuski kid going 
back to Pittsburgh, following in Crosby's footsteps. That would have been a uh, something. I else, would have but. fucking hated that. I you would if this episode, if that was the case, I would have spent forty five minutes just screaming about how Pittsburgh rigged the draft, how um, Crosby and Lemieux were up to no good, how. <laughs> um, you know, something dastardly happened behind the scenes to make that happen. But luckily, the good guys got them. So, uh, yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you want to just, you want to, you want to talk about the rest of the draft? You know, some North yeah, I mean, picks. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could do the, we could do the general draft and we could hop into our specific teams. A lot less to talk about with the Islanders in this draft than the Rangers. But, um, I think it was a pretty, pretty solid draft in general. My God, that was the longest draft. In history, probably. I mean, the first round took what three and a half, four hours, and then today they have it booked on. They have it booked on NHL Network for eleven to two p.m. and it takes from eleven to like six thirty p.m. Like I had dinner when the seventh round was going on. Yeah, two p.m. is when the second round ended and third round started. <laughs> it felt like it was legitimately it was- like, I, yeah, I think the second round was almost a two-hour thing, and I'm like, uh, I think they only have like three minutes to make a pick. What the fuck is going on? It was um it was unbelievable, but I mean I don't really I wasn't as in tune to the prospects outside of the first round this year than the past. Um, I think Montreal in the second round did really good with uh Jan Misak and Luke Tuck, but first round I mean there's some interesting picks I guess. Um, I'm trying to think what really stood out. Um, the New Jersey 20th overall pick with Shakir Mukamaladin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I don't know what that was. That was nuts. Montreal had yeah. Caden Gooley, which wasn't great. I mean. Terrible pick. That's the top bad, five. That was a bad pick. Yeah, he's, I'm, um, I'm not in love with him. The top five, I, like, so for me, I kind of was like, the Rangers, you know, after the fact, were like, oh, we knew Lafreniere was our guy as soon as we won the pick. And I'm like, okay, why didn't you just say that? Because I felt like, like, outside looking in, he was a little, like, turned off to coming to New York because it was like he was not 100% sure whether he was going first overall. Like, like Jack Hughes last year, he knew he was going first overall. New Jersey basically did everything they could to be like, we're taking Hughes number one. Yeah. And then, like, the draft came. They're like, oh, are we going to take Hughes? It's like, yeah, he only said it a million times. So, um, you know, Lafreniere goes one. Um, the Kings kind of surprised me. I thought I they thought were gonna. gonna I thought they were gonna go with Stutzel. I know. They, Side note, they, shout out to Stutzel, and he was in like a. I guess it's different in Germany, but he's got all his like buddies and his family around there just drinking beer. What a what a great German German thing to happen. Great scenario. But yeah, COVID um, I really thought they were gonna go with Stutzel too. Yeah, basically. But um, Byfield's a great pick. I mean, either way they went, oh. and either way Ottawa went, it was totally fine. I thought it was gonna be Stutzel and number two. Um, I know there were some. Some whispers about Jamie Drysdale number two, but that would have been just ludicrous, I think. But yeah, um, so, but yeah, you know, Kings make the easy pick. There, the Kings kind of were found themselves in a situation that the Rangers found themselves in last year, where it was like whoever goes number one, you have the easiest pick in the draft because it's like, yeah, we got the number two guy. So, um, them picking Byfield just surprised me because I was like for sure certain that they were going to pick Stutzel, but you know, they they picked Byfield and I'm like, that's still a good pick. Stutzel going three kind of was like, it fell into, you know, Ottawa was, was another team where it's like, they have a, a great situation where it's like, Oh, okay. We're obviously not going to get Lafreniere. You know, it's between Stutzel and Byfield, whatever, whoever we get is going to be a cornerstone guy. Um, Lucas Raymond going four surprised me because I thought he was going to fall to five for Ottawa because I thought Detroit was going to pick Perfetti, which is what literally really? everyone I mean, said. Yeah. He is the Saginaw kid. I wasn't as high on Perfetti as you are. I know. I'm not I mean, high on him. I was just reading still, everywhere. Yeah, that number they were 10 is take so low. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's just small. It's like the ooh, ho ho, old hockey man, don't like small player, but. Um, I thought that I thought oh man, I thought Detroit or Ottawa was gonna throw a curveball with Askarov. Surprised he slipped out of the top ten. But um I think the, the only other team that might have took taken him was Minnesota, but Marco Rossi slipping to nine was also too good to be true, I think. So um yeah, if, somehow if Jack Quinn slipped yeah. uh past Nashville, uh the hundred if if Askarov slipped to the Hurricanes, that's he their, wasn't going past thirteen. No shot yeah, he was going past Carolina. Like he wasn't going past there. Carolina's a million percent making that pick uh but the raymond pick surprised me because i just thought i wasn't high on perfetti but i was just like everywhere i was yeah. reading they were like perfetti 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 i'm like all right whatever you guys say you're the draft experts i'm just some dude 
Um, <laughs> Iserman has his interesting way of doing things. I mean, you know, he went off the board last year with Moritz Sider. I mean, remember that reaction? He was so surprised on draft night, which was cool to see in person. But um, I, Lucas Raymond's still going to be an I guess, oh, he's, great he's sniper. Legit. I mean, I mean, you assume who knows down the line what people will become. But um, I think the only person in the, in the top ten that I don't love is Jack Quinn. Um. Is pulling him up right here. I mean, he had a good season. Obviously, he was almost a goal per game, which is absurd in the OHL. But he's an overager, um, 32 points in 61 games in his first draft season. I don't know. Just something about it screams. Like, I think I tweeted about it on my other hockey account, High Rap Hockey, um, that it seems very boom or bust for Buffalo, which is what they don't need right now. Like, if it works out and he's a great sniper out next to Jack Eichel, if he's still there, however long he's still there, if he's a bust, Jack Eichel's gone within two seasons. Oh, 100%. But, like, if if he's a bust and you're wasting your eighth overall pick on an overager, technically. I mean, he's 19. It's not anything ludicrous, but it just seemed like the weirdest pick out of the top 10. And not the first round, but definitely the top 10, top 15. My thing with him, uh, I don't think he will be a great player as soon as someone – and I don't know who it was, and I don't want to know who it was because, to me, they will lose all credibility. As soon as they compared him to Aaron Judge, I was like, oh my what goodness. are we talking about? How do you make that comparison? <laughs> it made zero sense to anyone watching. Literally everyone who was watching that I follow and people just retweeting stuff, they're like, did someone just refer to it? jack quinn as as an aaron judge type player i'm like what does that even mean but um i mean ottawa's second pick in the top five was kind of weird i thought they were gonna go drysdale yeah. they go sanderson who i thought you know i thought drysdale's very... a better player um i think sanderson plays more of that like more of that like um old school hockey his dad plays where it's like he's yeah, gonna be people really are very physical. divided on him it's yeah. either you love him or you hate him as a player. I wasn't really sure where I stood. I mean, I think he'll be a good player. I don't know if he's yeah. that top that top tier guy. Like, I mean, you also have Eric Brandstrom and Thomas Shabbat anchoring your blue line for the next 10, 12 years. So if Sanderson slots in as a second pairing guy with Jacob Bernard Docker, who was their first round pick, I think in 2018, maybe 2017, or maybe even 2016, one of those years, um, he's coming up soon. Like, then you'll be fine. But Drysdale would have definitely been nice. I think Bernard Docker is a right hand shot. So maybe they didn't want to get in the right-hand shot. Um, I'm not sure. Um, just because I was listening to some podcasts before you know, the draft yesterday and because I was just reading stuff, I hate to admit it, New Jersey had a great pick at number seven, Alexander Holt. Someone said that yeah. that's the best shot in the draft. Um, so, I mean, you know, that that's a great pick by them. I hate, I really. Dr. Mercer was good too at 18. I mean, I thought he was going to, he was a guy that was being talked about as going at least within the top 12, maybe the top 10. Yeah, they had a good first two picks. And then, yeah, they go out of nowhere with. uh, Shakir. With, yeah, that was just at at a pick. It's 19, 20, 21. Okay, 19, the Rangers pick Braden. Uh, Schneider, and that was kind of like a fuck you move by Gorton and JD to the Devils. Um, They were like, oh, we were high on him too. And I'm like, I have a lot of thoughts about this. And I texted you earlier that I have a lot of thoughts about this. So we're going to go into that. So my thing with it is, I'm like, if you wanted to just say, hey, New Jersey, we're going to take the guy that you're probably going to take because he's high on our list. We heard you're going to take him. So we're just going to, we're going to, you know, screw you guys. Um, okay, fine, cool. I, I, I really know nothing about this kid, so I'm not going to say he's a bad player. I hope he's pretty good. But my thing is, he's a right-hand defenseman. And, and guess what the Rangers don't need right now? Right-handed defenseman. I mean, because, you know, you have him, you have uh, Jacob Truva, you have Adam Fox, you have Tony D'Angelo, you have Niels Lundqvist. Um you know, uh, Schneider right now is the third, I think I read, best defensive prospect that um, uh, uh, he's like I mean, the third, third prospect in their defensive guys. But, Miller, so not yeah. bad. 
I mean, yeah, so it's it is what it is. I, I wasn't a fan of the pick, or I shouldn't say I wasn't a fan of the pick, but I was it confused been by it. Uh twenty by the devils, terrible pick. Uh, <laughs> came out of nowhere. And then Thankfully, they, Col- have to, they have to worry about it for very long because Columbus, like you were about to say, just yeah comes out of just, absolutely just, nowhere. Just makes a pick with, with someone who no one knew anything about. I mean, if you haven't seen the TSN clip of it, I, I we will we will like it on the podcast account. We will we will even retweet it. It's that worthy. <laughs> I, you need to see it. Um, because they had no idea. I mean, even NHL Network, it just kind of cut back and they just talked about Columbus's season last season and put up a graphic about that because they had no idea who this Yegor Chinnikov guy was. Um, neither do I. Um, I don't think you do either because who does at this point? I mean, I'm sure he'll be a good player. I, I, I trust Yarmo Kekalai and his scouting staff more than I trust myself, obviously. But when Craig Button and Bob McKenzie stutter over their words because they don't know why Yegor Chenikov just went at 21, then it, may, it makes you question it at least a little bit. That is, a, um, that is 100% a um, stake your reputation pick where it's like oh, – yes. Where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but this is the guy I'm telling you, make the pick. And it's like, hey, man, if it works out for Columbus in like five years down the line, everyone's, I mean, it's probably going to be this kid's rookie season because Russians take a decade (laughs) to come over. But, um, you know, if it down the line, everyone's like, wow, Columbus, steal the draft. I'll be like, so smart. It will be so surprised. I'll think it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, I doubt it's gonna happen though. This kid is someone that no one knows anything about. Um, I read that it's more of like a recency bias pick. Uh, he's been playing pretty good, like it, like within the last couple of months, maybe or a couple of weeks. You know, the KHL season isn't too. Um, they're not too deep into it yet, so um, just an absolute bananas pick by by Columbus yeah. there. Uh, very very interesting but uh, a good yeah, first I mean, round overall i'd say i mean yeah good first round uh just just touching on the rest of the rangers draft um they yeah like we mentioned they trade leah sanderson to get back in the second round they take a physical winger uh is what it is i don't i don't know if he'll make the team ever um i'm interested to see what they do with that yeah so um, what's that guy with the anderson pick i was right i don't know how, how do you even say his last name Will I think cool. I think it's like cool. cool. Yeah, I cool. thought that's so. thought, thought what it was. Oh, very cool. William Cool. I think. Don't quote me on that. You know, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, it's because he's never played a game for the Rangers. So I have no idea who this guy is. And I was watching it on mute because I had work today. But um <laughs> uh so I wasn't like upset with that pick. Everyone was like, That pick sucked. Why would you take him? He he plays like Tom Wilson. I'm like, that quote was taken way out of context. I'm like, he yeah. models his game after him. I'm like, it doesn't mean he's a scumbag. It just means he plays a more physical game. Um, the next pick, I was like, eh, whatever. Oliver Tarnstrom didn't care. Um, Dylan Grand didn't care. Goalie, of course. Of course, the Rangers have to draft a goalie. They do it every year. Like, they took yeah. two this year. Like, uh, like Brandon Halverson and all the other goalies that are like kind of good in Hartford, but like never amount to anything. Just yeah. a classic Rangers mid-round goalie pick. Always. Yeah, happens. I feel like the Rangers always just draft goalies just because they're like, maybe if we see something promising, Benoit Allaire can work his magic. And, you know, it's never a bad thing to have prospects in Hartford that yeah. you can just call up willy-nilly. Uh, the Rangers had a good round five. Uh, I liked the Evan uh, Verling pick. Veerling, however you pronounce that, um, he's got a good shot of making the NHL, apparently, from what I'm reading. Um, and it was a steal at round five. Uh, some people had him going in round three. And then Brett Berard, uh, another steal, apparently. Um, another guy who should have went earlier, according to some scouts, you know, Twitter scouts and just people in general saying it was a good pick. And then um, I didn't really watch the draft after that. They only made two picks. Uh, they picked a center who was 6'8". Yeah, they, I think they went with Hyde be, at the end. A 6'8 yeah. center and a 6'7", goalie. My goodness. I mean, the, the Islanders picked a 6'7 goalie too in the last round, which we'll get to in a little bit. But he was like, I think he's like 180, 190. This guy, Hugo Olas, looks like an absolute unit 
I, mean, I, I, I hope he just makes the league just so it's How like. How are you score on that? I mean, yeah, I'm it's literally the Walrus. It's like the Walrus yeah. Kia commercial, whatever what, what it is. Where it's like, oh, Duncan. That's his name. Yeah, they're throwing fish at him or whatever, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, that is just a monstrosity. 6'7, 220, trying to rifle puck by him. <laughs> I mean, no, no offense, Hugo. I mean, I'm sure he'll be a great goalie. I hope he is. I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope he's backing up Igor one day because that would just be funny. Igor and Hugo, that's hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> that's quite the duo. But yeah, I think overall, pretty solid draft. I mean, like you said, those mid round picks with Garland or sorry, Garand and maybe Tarnstrom. I'm not too sure about him, but I'm overall uh, cool. Uh, their second round pick and it seems like the end went pretty well i mean I, th- I feel like at that point you're kind of just throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks and hoping you come out of this with a henrik lundqvist or a johnny goudreau obviously easier said than done but um these scouts obviously do their work but once you get past i think like the the 60s it's kind of just like yeah you you're just these, blowing darts you, at that point yeah you see these attributes in these kids like oh this kid's uh has great hockey sense but he's not a good skater Let's hope that we can make him a good skater and like improve his shot or passing or whatever it may be your defense and hope that he be, can become that full um, full potential, full talent at the point where he could have been maybe like a higher round pick. But um, it basically is how confident you are in your organization, I suppose. So, uh, how, do you, how do you think the Islanders draft? Um, I mean, they didn't draft until was, round three. So it was kind very, of very boring. Yeah, I mean, this Alexander... Um, they they posted on Twitter. I think somebody that knew him or was related to him posted that it's Alexander like Junkrantz. Um, apparently he's a very just good defensively grinded out player, kind of similar to like Cal Clutterbuck, which makes perfect sense why the New York Islanders would want him. We love we love those types of players. Uh, Alex Jeffries, who was a fourth round pick, um, he's coming out of high school in Connecticut. So I mean, who knows? That's just a shot in the dark. And it's hope for the best. Um. Their fifth round pick, though, William Dufour, um, he actually looks really good. He's the one I'm most excited about. He's 18. Um, he bounced around um, from um, the Huskies in the QMJHL to uh, another team and then to the team he's on now in Drummondville. And apparently he never really got the shot at those other two teams. And then Drummondville gave him the shot finally. And he put up 33 points in 28 games. So I'm kind of excited to see how he does. He's definitely the person I'm most excited about. I mean, he was apparently supposed to go or be ranked in the 60s, 70s. And we got him at 152. So maybe there's something there in William Dufour. Um, Matthias Rajaniemi, who knows, just a Finnish defenseman in the, the sixth round. And then uh, the boy Henrik Tikkanen, a uh, Henrik taken in the seventh round by a New York team, 6'7 and 190. So maybe he'll, he's Finnish, unfortunately, and not Swedish, but maybe he'll be something one day. Uh, the Islanders need a goalie prospect in the system because they didn't tenure Linus Soderstrom a contract or a qualifying offer. So we'll see. But I mean, pretty boring draft. Um, who knows with Jeffries? I mean, he's a high scorer. Who, I mean, you kind of just take that and just hope, like you said, you see attributes in him. Uh, June Kranz, good seems like a decent enough player, just you're not sure what he'll become. Um, down the road, just kind of hope you can develop him. Uh, Dufour definitely seems like the one that you have to keep an eye on for the Islanders draft, but very boring. Um, I'll definitely take Jean-Gabriel Peugeot for a first and a second any day of the week at that point because obviously that's the player you want. It's a player the Islanders needed desperately on their team. Um, definitely worth the price. Um, I think their second this year went to Ottawa, and then their second next year went to New Jersey in the Andy Green deal, so – Definitely missing out on some picks, but we'll see what happens. Very boring draft. It's kind of nice, though. I mean, the Islanders are so used to picking so high up for so many years. Um, not too recently as opposed to 2015, but you look before that. 2014, number five. 13, 15. 2012, you're picking number four. 2011, number five. You before that, five, one, nine. It's just like seven. It just was a never-ending cycle of being in that lottery, so... It's just a year off. I wish that they would have pulled the trigger on maybe a Nick Letty deal, uh, even though he's got a lot of got a lot of salary to give out, which is what teams probably don't want. Um, maybe move back into the second round and grab uh, Jan Misak or something since he dropped, or Jeremy Poirier. But I mean, it is what it is. It's just kind of boring. We'll see what Dufour goes, but uh, definitely more exciting on the New York City side of things as opposed to the Long Island side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, there was a ton of players that dropped. Um, 
in the second round. Yeah, very strange. I was like, why aren't like why aren't teams taking these guys? You know, they probably know way more about these things than I do, and, and you know that's one of like the worst things to say because everyone's like. Oh, the GMs, they don't know more than the fans. I'm like, uh, yeah, they do. It's their job. Yeah, That's why they exactly. get paid to do this. I'm like, you know, I just talk about it on a podcast. They get literally f- money to do this. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, talking about bad contracts, just complete side note. Uh, I hate the Chris Kreider contract. Love the player yeah, hindsight, contract. Hindsight 2020, right? I mean, that you should trade not, him for... Yeah. I mean, I never wanted the extension. I wanted the trade so bad because I'm like, even if the Rangers... And, and, and I guess like not knowing that you get the first overall pick, uh, you're like, okay, I can kind of put up with this, but if like the Rangers traded him and whatever pick they get, they can maybe work their way up higher in the draft. Yeah. You know, I mean, the rumor know? was the first Jordan Cairo from St. Louis and somebody else, which would have been an absolute haul because I think Cairo is going to be a great player. But just, I mean, I understand why you kept him, but was it seven by seven? Something yeah, like that. It's a shitty it's just- contract. The years suck. I'm like, dude, he's almost 30 years old. So it's like, how long theoretically do you think he's gonna play? Like, there is no way he finishes this contract as a Ranger. I think no. he, he plays that game traded. where, yeah, you like he plays sorry, a risky I, I game. He's fast, yeah, but it's exactly. like uh, he's he's fast and physical. And I'm like, he, I think I think we got two, maybe three good years out of him left i think year four they pull the trigger and decide to get rid of him which i think you know will be a good decision um but you know rangers made a bunch of qualifying offers today so we'll see what happens with that i think ryan strom gets traded or yeah traded um is there anyone in free agency because that starts friday is there anyone in free agency that you think the islanders should look into um it's kind of tough because they have $8 million in cap space right now, and they have to resign Ryan Pulak, Devon Taves, and Matt Barzell. So good luck. Oh, for to... for Barzell. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't sign anywhere. He'll probably go to Seattle in a couple years for all we know. Who knows? But, I mean, I love Mike Hoffman. They obviously need a scorer. Taylor Hall is not going to come over there. He, he likes to spotlight too much. We, we just don't provide that right now. But So, like, Mike Hoffman, I think Evgeny Dadanov, either one of those Florida forwards, but it's going to be virtually impossible unless they move out. Um, a combo of Nick Luddy, Johnny Boychuk, and Leo Komarov um, to even make it happen. Plus, they're apparently going to Dave Pagnotta, um, looking at bringing back Broussard. I'm sure they want to bring back Matt Martin. Um, I'm sure they want to bring back Tom Kuhnhockel if they could really afford it on like a two-way deal, but it's just basically going to be impossible. I don't know. What about the Rangers? I know you uh, you want a Kyle Turris, but he looks like he's going back to Ottawa. So anybody else in the pipeline? Probably a center, right? Yeah, center is, I mean, with the whole Strom thing, I'm like, you know, they, they qualified him and everyone's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it's like, it means nothing really. It just means that like. Yeah, it's just to hold his rights. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, if you trade Strom, trade him for a guy of equal value, hopefully, that is a 2C. You know, I think, you know, the thing with NHL GMs is um they're generally very dumb and make a lot of dumb decisions all the time. And this Jeff Gordon, true. you know, Jeff Gordon, you know, has had his success or successes. He's made some great trades. He's also made some bad ones, you know, admittedly. You know, I can't sit here and say that the Ryan McDonough, T, uh, JT Miller trade looks great. It looks <laughs> terrible. Um, I just think if the Rangers, you know, if they want to trade – Strom away. I hope they're trading him for someone who can immediately slot into that two C role, um, or uh, you know, bump Hedl up and get a three C. Um, yeah, I think maybe you, know, you could I think, get like two seconds or some picks for Strom, and then maybe package that in a deal for somebody else that's a two C or three C or go the yeah. I mean, route. especially with the flat cap this year. I think if the the Rangers should 100% reach out to um, Miko Koivu and see what's up with yeah. him, see where he wants to play. I mean, he's kind of like that perfect. If you trade Strom away, you give Phil the shot at 2C, you, you slot Koivu in, 
as three C. Kako's got to finish Jad at that point, dude. He gets <laughs> a year of, of of enjoyment with that. So I think that's the move if um the Rangers on the free agency market. I mean, I would love to see them get a left handed defenseman too. So I mean, like, um, especially with the guy they just drafted in the first round. That's not Lafreniere Schneider. Um, Schneider, yeah. You know, you know, you. My thing is, um. D'Angelo just kind of fits right now. And it's like, I've been hearing he is, you know, in trade, you know, his name's getting thrown around in, in trade talks, but it's like Niels Lundqvist is going to come over next year and he's going to make the team. There's absolutely no way he doesn't. And it's like, he's also a right-hand guy. So it's like, you know, yeah. uh, what, what do you kind of do? It's like, you need a left-hand defenseman because it's like the guy. They were kind of talking about moving um, D'Angelo if he stays or Adam Fox to the left side. So who knows if that is going to happen? Yeah, but. you kind of have to. Uh, I a hundred percent think. I I mean, no, I meant I meant like you have to move D'Angelo. Yeah, to yeah, the left yeah. side. Definitely. That's like yeah, the, I mean, somebody to. has to play left-handed the left side. I mean, there's had there's no other choice. Yeah. That's the if you want to keep D'Angelo because he provides an offensive, you know, uh, talent and you know capability that you're not getting anywhere else. But I mean, it's like, um, you know, trade. D'Angelo, you know, Strom. Here, here's the thing. Trade D'Angelo, get a, you know, a right-handed defenseman back that's or or something. Trade him and bring uh fucking Keith Yandel back. Give me that reunion. He's got two years left on his deal. Bring him back. A little bit expensive, back. but it's possible. I mean, the Rangers, I think, have the money to do it. I don't know how much it's going to be contract? tough. I mean, it's I think it's six and a half for two more years because they have the. Uh, I mean, you have the Hank buyout, and who's the other person? Oh, Kevin Shattenkirk. That's eight, nine mil, and then you have yeah. all the bonuses that you have to give out. I mean, they're basically operating under uh, this. The cap is what eighty-one and a half, so they're probably operating under like a sixty-eight, sixty-nine million dollar uh, cap. So it's definitely tough with bringing somebody back. But if they can move out um, somebody else on the deal, even like Strom, and just allocate that money to keep the handle, it's certainly possible. Or I'm sure Florida wouldn't necessarily decline, save well, like retaining some money if they thought it was well worth it so it's possible yeah i mean and that's just me spitballing i think you know that would that would be if you if you trade d'angelo and you still want someone with an offensive punch you could bring yandel back in yeah his contract is 6.35 uh so i mean it is what it is um but other than that i really don't think there's any one in the free agent market that's really like jumping at me. I think this free agents market, uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what ends up happening, but like, I'm not really impressed by like the whole market itself. And it's yeah, especially I mean, with like COVID and good, everything. Yeah. It's I like mean, Michael Grabner's out there. I take Michael Grabner back, former Islander and Ranger legend. Good little third liner, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. Not, I mean, he had his best years as a Ranger, so who knows? Yeah. He's he the, had breakaway, his best years. the breakaway king himself even though he misses all of them but who knows i mean that's just like another million dollars on the islanders books that they definitely cannot afford at this point so mm-hmm. yeah like there's definitely players that like i i would love the rangers to go out and get and like trade for and stuff but it's like especially with like the flat cap and and everything it's just a weird situation um you know i would have loved for the rangers to go after brodeen but that kind of died weeks yeah. ago uh maybe vince dunn out of st louis but you know listening to some podcasts and reading some stuff they're like that's pretty much never gonna happen that's like one of their guys they want him around so i mean never say you know i'm never gonna say never it it, it could happen i don't i don't believe what anyone says yeah. i mean like i mean today they were like or yesterday they were like oh there's gonna be so many trades and you know the first round was pretty huh. much uh yeah, like well, hey we're gonna active, we're gonna make this big ever yeah and okay. then today there were a ton of trades, but it's like, you know, outside of like the third round, who cares if a team's trading up, you know, to, you know, pick, just oh, picks. I got yeah. pick 117 now. I gave you 145 and, you know, 207. It's like, yeah. no one point, cares. Just, yeah, basically. I mean, definitely, definitely interesting. Hopefully uh, next time the next episode comes out after free agency, probably sometime next week. If you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, then we'll have some new faces in the Islanders and Rangers organizations, which would be very exciting. So we'll see what happens as, uh, as time goes on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, after free agency and everything, next episode, we'll be able to talk about that. Talk about more uh, trades, hopefully. Yeah. Talk about, you know, 
more trades, who got brought on, situation. You know, I think Friday will be a very telling day for both yep. organizations, more so the Islanders, because it's like they are like like the Rangers have a lot of dead money and kind of like are making decisions on like their future. But the Islanders are in a situation where it's like, you know, you're one of your star guys is yep. like seriously yeah. if 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 you're if people are smart they will offer sheet bars out because the islanders just don't have the money right now unless they find some ways to move money around yeah um, i mean there's always teams that are probably gonna pop up and offer him obviously it's just about if he accepts i mean now just have to basically survive two years until Wadi and boychuk are off the books that's another 11 mil you hope the cap goes up by like three or four by that point if the league can recover enough in time but um, we have Karmroff's deals up by then. That's our three, 3.25, whichever it is off the book. So it's just a real cap crunch. Honestly, COVID might have helped out the Islanders because I think if it's normal times and Matt Barzell has the playoffs, not so much a third round, but the first two rounds that he had, if you include the Florida series, the first three rounds, then he's probably commanding $10, $11 million. And I think right now he's probably coming in at about a five-year deal at 7.5 or 8. So, I mean, you're saving 4 mil right there. So, I think in terms of the circumstance, the Islanders may luck out, but obviously still have so much work ahead of them. I mean, I don't know if you want to package Andrew Ladd in a deal and get rid of him, which is just going to be virtually impossible, or Boy Chuck's in the same boat, or Nicoletti, who's do so much money. He's due like $12 million in real money over the next two years, which owners and GMs are going to kind of scoff at and be like, why am I taking this on? So... It's definitely going to be an interesting couple of days. Lou Amaro's got to kind of work his magic. So uh, hopefully we'll have some more progress by the next time we're on. For sure, man. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, really. Yeah, right. But yeah. So good stuff all around, I'd say, for uh, both teams. Uh, not too bad. Definitely more exciting for the Islanders. Or sorry, for the Rangers than the Islanders. Definitely not an exciting day for the Islanders. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens next time around. Yeah, man. Uh, great draft by – or I shouldn't say great. I mean – Great first pick by the Rangers. What a pick. Glad they didn't fuck that up. Uh, but overall, it was a good draft. Uh, got some talent in later later rounds, so we'll see yeah. what happens with that. I'm really looking forward to Friday. I think that's going to kind of be a big day for, for That'll be fun. the Rangers, the Islanders. Yeah, it's going to be super fun for that, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I just wanted to you know say thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode. I'm, I'm glad you guys tuned in. Hopefully, you've made it this far. Um, that, that, so. that would be huge. There's uh, rambling on. <laughs> There's just so much to talk about. We, we could have went for probably four hours at this point. We're going to cut ourselves off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, thanks for tuning in for the first episode. We're still trying to figure out a recording schedule um, and a release schedule. Uh, I think we pretty much have it nailed down at this point, but uh, we're still going to talk about it and figure out whether or not this is what we want to do. But um, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us a try. Please, you know, uh, wherever you listen, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're telling your friends about it. Make sure you're leaving comments. At some point, we're going to start answering your questions. We're going to open those dms we're gonna open the instagram dms we're gonna open up the we're gonna we're gonna read the reviews we're gonna read everything you guys ever write to us whether you're tweeting at us dming us writing a review sending us carrier pigeons we don't care you send it we will read it yeah i think it's definitely gonna be a good future um anything helps any share um it's obviously just a start but I think we have some good plans, some good guests, some good things forecasted for the future. So we know it's going to be a grind, but we're uh, we're excited to get this podcast rolling. Um, and thank you, like Chris said, to anybody who listened this far. Yes, thank you. Um, depending on when this drops, happy birthday to future me. I know you're yeah, listening. Yeah, big day so happy tomorrow. Birthday. Yep. Happy birthday, Birthday's Chris. Tomorrow. Thank you, thank you. If this drops tomorrow, that's my birthday present to you. Um, <laughs> If not, and you're listening on Friday, I've turned 24 already. Uh, it, it's it's the draft, and or not the draft. God damn it! Uh, it's the lottery, or God damn it! Number? Oh my God! It is free agency. I am mush right now. Uh, Friday, <laughs> uh, free agency. Birthday tomorrow. Uh, yay me! Fuck the Capitals for signing Henrik Lundqvist. I know that's gonna happen. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that we didn't talk about it, and you know no, we the, will. the outro. We'll talk about no, it next we're time. not gonna talk about it. Fuck the Capitals. Um, but yeah, thank you. All right, thank you, everybody. Later. Ah!